Welcome to that America Football Show, powered by EP Sports. EP Sports is the top supplier in the UK for all your America football needs, helping players and coaches reach their potential since 2007. Check them out at epsports.co.uk. Today, we have got the great mid-season special. Uh, some teams have played half of their uh, games, whilst others uh, have had a bye. Uh, so along with the usual coverage of today's episode, we're also going to be taking a look at uh, Dan Hansis's uh, official NFL power rankings at this week and seeing uh, kind of our opinions and perspectives on it. Uh, how did everyone enjoy this week of football? Quite a few upsets around the league. It did quite well for me with my um, with my Falcons pick and did with my Bengals. Bengals. I did. Yeah. I had the Bengals pick as well, so it didn't do too didn't do too badly there. Yeah, my my bets went to pot though. Yeah, it's it's weird though because we we have so many prediction picks that are like landslide, and then we just all get them wrong, like just yeah. with the upsets and that. I think the Packers was the big one. Um, yeah, that let us all down. I don't think anyone anyone seen that coming. No. And I knew I knew they weren't going to win when I saw the weather in Lambeau. It was horrible rain, and I was like, they've not got Aaron Rodgers. Sorry, they haven't got uh, Aaron Jones, uh, and now I think they're down their top three running backs. Um, so I was like, they just don't have. They need to rely on that running game, and they couldn't. And obviously, Dalvin Cook's a bit of a monster, uh, but we'll get to that in just a few moments. Let's hit the news up first. Um, so the trade deadline uh, has come and gone since uh, last episode. Um, not too many exciting trades around the league. Um, there was a lot of talk about like Stefan Gilmore from the Patriots, uh, Will Fuller from the. Um, Texans was a really big uh, option, um, but ultimately not many things happened. I know you, you Patriots picked up a wide receiver from someone, uh, Joe, um, and yeah, a couple of people were dropped. Uh, Josh McCown, the ageless wonder, has been claimed off the Texans, uh, sorry, the Eagles practice squad by the Texans. Um, not sure what they're planning on there. I know he does coach his kids' high school team in Texas, so I imagine that works out for him a bit better than being a virtual quarterback for the Eagles. Yes, yeah, that uh, wide receiver we picked up from the Dolphins is it's quite it's quite a weird one because he didn't have that many snaps for the Dolphins. But from what I've seen all over Twitter, Dolphin fans are like really gutted to lose him. Like he was one of these people that they thought was really talented, and you know, if he gets his, let's be honest, he's going to get all the snaps he wants at the Patriots because we don't have any <laughs> wide receivers. So you know, if he comes in and does well, then it, it could work out to be a really good trade. And then Adam, I know you're gutted about McCown. I mean, he 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 gave his hamstring for the Eagles, so he'll always be good in my books, and he he adds another team to his uh, roster of. How many? Like twenty-two years. His <laughs> twelfth NFL team and one team in the one of the other leagues, which I can't remember what it was called. The XFL, AFL, AFL. <laughs> um, Craig, your Ravens have released Ted Ginn Jr. Yeah, um, I don't know. To be honest, I'm not too. I'm not too broken up about that one. Um, we've got a lot of other. Um, We've got a lot of other people on the on the roster that can sort of fill that spot, so it's not not a huge loss, not someone that's really been rotated in much this season. To be fair, Tedkins had a pretty good NFL career. When he yeah. came into the league, he was doomed with drops. Um, he kind of got over that a bit, and he's not, not a bad career. 
Absolutely. Um, so in injury news or COVID news, whichever one you want to call it, the 49ers yet again, uh, maybe overtaking the Eagles in terms of just pure un- unluckiness. Jimmy Garoppolo out for a couple more weeks, the high ankle sprain and George Kittle is out for eight weeks with a broken ankle. I mean, that's offensively, you've got Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuels out for it with an injury, but you lose Jimmy G. You've seen the team without him. And then you lose George Kittle, who's their biggest playmaker. That's just doesn't look good for the 49ers in that division. I've got their list of people on, on injury at the minute in front of me. And they've got 12 from offense. Um, and oh, what is it, five, six, seven, uh, ten on defense? So you're talking pretty much a whole squad, you know what I mean? And a lot of them are starters. You're looking at Garoppolo, Kittle, Debo Samuel, Mostert, Coleman. Like the, the list is crazy. Like, they've, it's, I, I don't know, I've never seen anything like it. The only thing you can compare it to really is the Eagles of last year. Or this year. Um, so and this is this isn't a dig at the Jets, but that list of plays you just read out could beat the Jets today. Oh, have you not seen like people have been doing like the All Pro injury team for this year, and it's the the best the, the team would win. <laughs> um, Matthew Stafford. There has been a lot of COVID news, but this is probably the biggest one. Matthew Stafford was um, sent, well, not allowed to practice and put on the COVID reserve list. So. Um, but I don't think there's clear whether he is going to be starting Sunday, but obviously he's the, the crucial playmaker in that uh, Lions offense with all them great receivers. So Ian Rappaport tweeted four minutes ago that Stafford may have to play on Sunday after not practicing all week, and he'll be able to do so only after continuing to test negative for COVID-19. Okay, so that's not the Lions are looking pretty good, but that's not the news they need. Um, also, Ravens defense, uh, Marlon Humphrey, who played every single snap uh, against the Steelers, was tested positive. So, Craig, I think most of your defense haven't been able to practice recently. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not great. It's not ideal. Um, at the minute, you, all we can do is hope that it was a false positive and, and just you know move on with the best we can. There's not a lot you can do, really. Of course, are the Ravens. I'm sure we all watch the game and everyone listening to watch the game, but um, your left tackle, who just uh, Ronnie Stanley, who just signed that mammoth uh, contract extensions out for the season with an ankle injury. Uh, that was pretty upsetting to see on the field. Yeah, that's a huge loss. Um, I think that definitely contributed to the, the loss on the weekend, having to reshuffle people about and you know losing one of your best linemen's never... Never ideal, especially when you've got someone as, as mobile and as unpredictable as Lamar is. Um, again, was just I mean, it's sad to see, but there's not a lot we can do but just try to sort of to make do in the meantime until he's back. Yeah, next man up. Uh, uh, final COVID news, the Texans have shut down today with a positive test. So, yeah, it's not getting better for the league. Uh, and with America as it is now, it's probably not going to get better, unfortunately. So it's the, the playoffs could still be anything now because now you're starting to see these star players come off teams for a week or so. Just like, obviously, Trevor Lawrence for Clemson is probably the most relevant example. Uh, but, it, yes, I, I, it's going to be an issue all season. Um, moving on to our mid-season special, we are going to be going over Dan Hanses' top 10 
uh, rankings going into this week. Uh, and then we'll go through ours and see um, where we agree and where we disagree. Just to go over Dan Hansis's for you. In first place, he's got the Chiefs. Second place, he's got the Steelers. Third place, he's got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Fourth, he's got the Seahawks. Uh, fifth, he has got the Ravens. Sixth, he has got the Saints. Seventh, he has got the Packers. Eighth, he has got the Bills. Ninth, he's got the Colts. And tenth, he's got the Arizona Cardinals. Um, pretty agreeable in, in most terms, I'd say. Uh, Joe, where do you kind of see yourself most aligning and misaligning? So I just we're going through that list there. I only have one team in the exact same spot as Hansus does. First of all, I look at that and I think my first thought was, how can you not have the undefeated team as number one? Yeah. So that's what I've gone. I've put the Steelers first because I just I think if you haven't lost a game, you deserve to be up there. Surprisingly enough, I put the Chiefs third. Uh, that who Hansus had first, and I've put the Buccaneers second. I know they had a they scraped through against the Giants, but I don't know. It's just an all round team. They just excite me more, and I think they have a bit more potential about them. Ravens, uh, I've got them at fourth, so not as low I think as Dan had them. Uh, Seahawks fifth, Packers sixth, Saints seventh, Cardinals eighth, Colts ninth, and tenth Titans. I don't have the Bills in my top ten. I think they've dropped out in the last couple of weeks for me. But yeah, that, that's that's the top 10. Seahawks, I would put a bit higher, but their defense is such an issue that I can't put them up there with the other four teams that I see more complete. So that's why I've got them just a bit lower. How about you, Tim? So I've got similarities to both Joe and Dan Hanzu. So same as Joe, the top I've got the Steelers. Because like you said, they're playing well and they're undefeated. But then I've got the Chiefs at two. Even though I've seen a lot of Chiefs games this year and they've, they've not looked as dominant as they have in the past, but they're still very good. Uh, Bucks three. I've still got the Ravens at four. I still love them. Um, Seahawks at five, even with that dodgy defense. Then I've got Packers at six. Then the Saints. Then the Cardinals the Bills at nine and the Colts at 10. I was thinking about putting the Raiders in there, but I'm going to give it a few more weeks. Okay. So Craig, do you agree with Joe and Tim with the Steelers being at the top? Uh, I don't actually. Um, I've got the Chiefs number one. I think even though the Steelers are undefeated, you look at the quality of competition that they've had to face and will go have to face. Um, and it's, you know, other than the odd exception, it's not particularly high. Um, I think it, it flatters this team slightly. I think um, between the two, the Chiefs are the better team. So I've put them, even though they don't have as good a record, ahead of the Steelers. Um, number two, I've got the Steelers. Number three, I've gone with the Bucks, similar to these guys. Number four, I've gone with the Ravens, similar to these guys. Um, fifth, I've got Seahawks. Sixth, I've got Packers. Seven, I've got Saints. Eighth, I've got Cards. Ninth, I've got Colts. And tenth, I was torn between the Bills and the Raiders, but I went with the Bills. Oh, okay. Um, I, I was with the other two. I, I think the undefeated team are the, the top power rating uh, ranking, just because... They find the ways to win the games and ultimately the Chiefs have lost a game. Um, pretty much agreement with the three, four, five, six, though. I do have Ravens third over the Bucks, just because I, I think the, t the team with the better quarterbacks, the better team. And Lamar Jackson is 
more diverse right now than Brady. Obviously, Brady's this amazingly experienced veteran quarterback, but in a shootout, I'm actually going to want Lamar right now just because I've, I've seen him run. Um, got the Cardinals in seventh, Bills in eighth, uh, Colts in ninth, and I've got the Saints down at 10th. Um, I know they're getting Michael Thomas back, but they've managed to win games, but they've really been scraping through them. Uh, Kamara's looking like the best back in the league, but yeah, I, I, I can't put the Titans in the top 10 right now with the, the, the losses they're, they're starting to rack up. It's a very fluid top 10, though, because you could swap a lot of those teams quite easily in the position. So it shows what a weird season it is. There's not really... I know the Steelers are unbeaten, but they've not been completely dominating everybody. So it makes for a good season when there's that much fluidity. Yeah, we've got pretty pretty similar lists. And then I think there's some teams in there that you could sort of poach in at the back end of it and sort of give them a little nudge in like the, you know, we haven't put the Bears in there, but, you know, they've sort of been up and around at least a little bit anyway. Um, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's an interesting season. Um, let's just look back uh, for a moment to the beginning of the season when everything was happy or not as not happy in the world. It was still the summer, but maybe a bit better. Um, and let's go over our seedings because some of these are quite comical. Um, let's dive straight to the, the, the best division in the league, the NFC East. Um, we all have the Eagles at least going 10 and six. I was going 13 and three is the highest. Um, and we've, I mean, we all the Washington doing a lot worse than they maybe are going to do, but Cowboys as well. Obviously, Dak injury, some pretty shocking ones there. Any, any other you've noticed about yourself, boys? Yeah, well, Eagles, I had the 10 and 6 too, but I also had them going in as the fourth seed, which at the minute, looking at that division, is very possible. So even though the, the record might be wrong, at least the seeding might be right. True. I like to think I was quite astute in my predictions for the Cowboys and the Pats. I've got both of them finished. I've no idea what they're going to finish, but I've both got them under 500. Yeah, yeah I, that's fair. Joe, I'm loving the 15-1 and one Saints with Tim. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, the, their defence has just been a bit... Well, the secondary's been a bit naff. Michael Thomas is punching people and getting injured, which, you know, we didn't predict for. Uh, and... But they've only lost two games. You never know. They could go and win out at the end of the season. Probably not. But there's always a chance. It's not my fault. I just copied Joe. (laughs) That's how we do this now. Had 49ers, 12 and 4. I think that's looking a bit bit high at the moment. But I also had the Panthers going 2 and 14. Um, And I think think I'll hold my hand up there. I was quite, quite wrong on that one. I think we're all really bad on the Panthers. Three and thirteen, two and fourteen, three and thirteen, three and thirteen. Yeah, same with the Forty Nine. Is obviously crippled mm. by injury. Uh, but I mean, me and Craig were low. Well, uh, Craig was very low on the Saints. Uh, the Rams, sorry, at four and twelve. Tim, you had them at six and ten as well. Interesting to see. Let's go over our prediction scores uh, going into this week. Uh, do you want to give us the rundown? I will indeed. So last week, week eight, uh, was quite a low-scoring week for all of us because there were a lot of shocks in there. So Adam had 11. He actually got the Steelers bang on. Craig had more correct results than most of us. He got 10. Uh, Joe got 10. He actually got the Bills score bang on. And I got nine. 
So not the highest scoring week, but that means at the moment, uh, Adam's running at the back. He's got 91. Uh, it's quite tight in the middle. Joe's got 95. Craig's got 96. And I'm just slightly ahead on 99. Closing the gap. <laughs> Slowly but surely. Um, right, let's go flying straight into uh, next week's matchups. Uh, Thursday night football. Uh, Joe, you've got the Packers at 49ers. Yeah, so this is the 2019 NFC Championship repeat, which is it's very different, uh, a very different game than it was back in back in January, and it's a very intriguing one. Both these teams de- well, desperately need to win this game. They're both coming off losses to divisional rivals. Uh, the Packers lost in a really disappointing game to the Vikings, 28-22. And then the 49ers got beaten quite easily by the Seahawks. The Packers, they don't seem to be the same team that they were at the beginning. Their defense is is really quite poor at the moment, which is very different to last year. As you, you know, mentioned always, always about Dalvin Cook, Adam. Dalvin Cook made him look amateur at times last week, which was disappointing from a Packers point of view and unfortunately Aaron Rodgers just didn't have enough right at the end of the game to go and win it for them as for the 49ers as we mentioned in news uh, both Jimmy G and Kittle sort of the big two names that went out last week uh, both both injured Kittle to the end of the season and Jimmy for about four to six weeks adding to that already large list of injuries you sort of feel as if the 49ers season if they lose this and they go to four and five they then might be looking at that season being being over nick mullins is going to come and play in at quarterback and he's going to be hoping that he does better than he did in his last start against philly last month cole shanahan you know he may be able to create some interesting schemes with his limited offense just to attack that poor packers defense However, you know, when you're when you're playing a pissed off Aaron Rodgers, you probably ain't got much chance no matter what you do. So I have got the Packers to go and win this one by nine. Okay, what about you, Craig? Um well I've got Packers going uh taking a win at fourteen. Tim? Yeah, I've got the Packers by ten. Yeah, I think Joe said it right. You don't want to play a pissed off Aaron Rodgers uh, Packers by 17. Tim, you have the next game, Texans-Jags. Texans-Jags. This is going to be a quick one because both teams were on a bye last week, so there wasn't a lot to talk about. Uh, It's a battle of the 1-6 teams. Jags will be starting Jake Luton or Lutton. I don't know how to pronounce that. Sixth round draft pick out of Oregon State. Uh, Minshew's got a thumb injury but I think it's one of those thumb injuries where I don't know if he would have played anyway because they're not really that convinced by Minshew at the minute Uh, bright spot for the Jags James Robinson the running back Uh, he's going to have a field day to be honest with you against the weak Texans run D which is really surprising to say about the Texans Um, Deshaun Watson he's doing everything in his power to keep this team going Um, his average of 8.8 yards per attempt leads the league Uh, it's quite a surprise Will Fuller didn't get traded there was a lot of talk of him getting traded I think there was a trade on the cards to Green Bay which didn't work out Uh, he was even on Twitter sort of uh, bent in his frustration at not being traded I think so while both teams are not good 
Texans have got much more talent on the offense and the defense than the Jags. So I think Texans by seven. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people who pick James Robinson up in fantasy can agree with you there. He, he has been filling in that gap really nicely. Um, but yeah, the, the Jags are just, without Gardner Minshew, it was their one spark. I mean, it's hard to see it going any other way. Uh, Texans by 12. How about you, Craig? Uh, I've gone Texans by 10. Yeah, and it's just a shame that Minshew ain't playing. I just see the Texans running away with this one. Texans by 14. Okay, the next game, we have got the NFC East matchup, Giants at Washington football team. Uh, they only played about two weeks ago, so um, what we know is it's going to be a very similar game. Um, the Giants were close to beating the Bucs. Um, that was probably more down to the Bucs, just playing down to them, but you got to credit the Giants' defence to some degree. Um, Danny Jones, he's he's... He's not a franchise quarterback yet. He's up and down. He threw two interceptions that just easily were the reason for this loss. And I think Bruce Arians, I'm paraphrasing, but he was like, yeah, he's a franchise quarterback. He's got some up and downs, uh, but he's got to work on being better. (laughs) So um, there's not too much to say off that. Um, Washington are coming off the bye. Um, They're getting Steven Sims back, who's uh, quite a versatile player. offensive piece for them um, but it's going to be just as close as it was last time uh, I mean last game they uh, came down to a two point conversion by Ron Rivera to try and win instead of tie um, and I think the the Washington football team are going to be going into this game more prepared um, and obviously Giants are coming off a, a, a bit of a heavy loss um, main match appears going to be Bradbury uh, the Giants cornerback versus Scary Terry uh, and or also Washington's Antonio Gibson, uh, who's there running back, who's been doing surprisingly well um, against the uh, the Giants D line. Uh, but ultimately, I have got the Washington football team taking this by four. Tim, I've got the Washington football team taking it by five. Joe, uh, I backed the Giants last time, and the Giants won, so I'm going to do the same again. Giants to win by three. I've gone Washington football team by four. I can see this being quite a scrappy game and it's, a, in my opinion, a bit of a coin flip. Craig, coming up to your game, you've got uh, the Chicago Bears going to Tennessee. Yeah, so, it, I mean, it was only a couple of weeks ago that the Titans were comfortably sitting at the top of the AFC South as one of the, the undefeated teams left in the NFL. And I think the last couple of weeks have not been not been great for them and a couple of disappointing losses later they found themselves clinging on by the skin of the teeth to first place through a tiebreaker with the Colts the Bears are they're similarly facing a sort of two game skid um, most recently Chicago lost quite in quite heartbreaking fashion to be honest to the Saints in overtime meaning that both teams are, are facing off on Sunday to try and end these streaks and stay competitive in their, in their own divisions so for for Tennessee, it looks like it's going to be a slightly different team from the week from you know the previous weekend. Front office wasn't happy with the secondary, and they decided to make moves and and try and do something about it. Um, Titans fans, they they won't have a hard time saying goodbye to to Jonathan Joseph, the cornerback, after he was waived on Tuesday. He's um he was not having a career season at all, to put it mildly, after a botch pass um. After a botch pass defense on a high throw on third and six against the Bengals in the fourth quarter, um, 
the staff had just had enough earlier that week. They traded the 2021 six-round pick for cornerback Desmond King second from the Chargers. Um, he'll be taking Joseph's starting role. I think it was a great move. I think giving the Titans the help they needed against um, quite a pass-heavy Chicago Bears team that's averaging 40 pass attempts a game. So, you know, hopefully they're going to look better on that side of the box. The last couple of weeks they've not looked great. Um, Titans have made some other ruthless roster, like roster moves this week as well. Um, you know, unlike Joseph, who was playing in his first season for the team, Bo Brinkley, who's been with Tennessee since 2012, um, in the Week 7 matchup against the Steelers, the veteran long snapper missed a low punt with 21 seconds left in the half, and the mistake ended up costing the team points in the end. So you, he's ended up getting cut two weeks later. It's, you know, just harsh, but it is what it is. I guess there's no no room for errors. Um, Titans' defence so far has performed drastically worse than I think any of us expected. I don't think I'm the only one who, who thinks that here. Um, one of the other big reasons for that is outside linebacker Jadavion Clowney. So he's been a bit of a bust for them. Um, you know, for someone who's considered a, a future defensive player of the year candidate, he's been quite quiet this season and you can even see the change from, from last year that's quite quite striking. Clowney, you know, last season he had um, four forced fumbles, two of them which he recovered, an interception that he took to the house and three sacks, whereas, you know, the numbers this year just don't add up for a veteran like that. He's got no interceptions, no sacks and just the one forced fumble. So clearly he needs to get his big boy pants on and get his ass in gear. Um, but, you know, Clowney's not the only player underperforming, despite all the big-name defensive players like Malcolm Butler and Kevin Biard. In the secondary, the Titans currently rank as the 27th best defence against the pass. Um, these coverage failures have made the Titans give up the third most passing touchdowns a game, two and a half to be exact, um, and they're not great against the run either. So it's, you know, it's clear that the, what the Bears, I think, are going to try and exploit in that one. Titans redeeming quality is their, um, is their offence. The superstar running back there, Henry, as everyone knows, is having a pretty good year, averaging 111 yards a game and um, a rushing touchdown each game. He'll be lining up against, however, um, quite a scary looking front seven, in my opinion, one of the best in the league. Um, you know, and I, I think Henry's impressive stat lines may take a bit of a, a bit of a knock going up against Khalil Mack and 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 the rest of that base front seven. Um, injury wise, I think. You know, Jagavion Clowney is one of these people who's sort of questionable at the moment. So is Dennis Kelly. So is Jeffrey Simmons. So we'll see how that happens, um, how that turns out on the day. I honestly forgot Jadavian Clowney playing for the Titans. Yeah. I mean, well, that was just... I mean, how are we doing for time? Because that was just for me Titans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got a whole other section on the base as well, to be honest. There were two teams I've not looked at this media. I think I got a bit carried away. Um Okay, I'll keep a brief on the Bears if you don't mind. Um, okay, so so for the Bears, the headline this week is not not something to be proud of either. Their wide receiver Javon Wims, um, I was you know I couldn't really skip over this. I had to bring it up. Um, while seemingly unprovoked, walked up to the Saints cornerback CJ Gardner Johnson and punched him. Um, he must just have one of them faces because it's not the first time this season he's been punched in the face. Um, but footage was found earlier of an exchange between the two of them where um, Gardner Johnson ripped out. Wims's um, mouthpiece so it was sort of um, I guess it was in retaliation to that um, one way or the other though you don't just I mean it's a bit stupid isn't it the guy's got an helmet on you don't run up and punch a guy in the helmet it doesn't make any sense anyway um, the, the punch makes the Bears look bad looks even worse for Wims who's been struggling to earn playing time this year as it is um, and you know the wide receiver sort of made him lose his appeal a little bit and he's now got to face a, a two game suspension um, the Bears defence like I said earlier it's 
it's what makes this team such a problem for most teams and I think makes all of the games as scrappy as I keep saying every week, turns them into Stoke. Um, it's pick your poison between Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks and Roquan Smith. Um, Chicago ranks well above um, average in most defensive stat categories. I won't roll through them all, but the two big ones are 12th in opponent yards a game and 8th in opponent points per game, which are you know, pretty good stats. You know, If you can't really score on them, it's tough to beat a team. But it's the red zone defence which sets them apart. Among all the other teams and touchdown scoring percentages in the red zone, the Bears rank first with 40%. Um, so when teams come knocking at the door, the, um, the Bears go full hold door and seem to hold the door shut. Um, so I think the Bears are going to be looking to outplay the Titans on both sides of the ball. Um, I think they believe that their defence can hold Derrick Henry down on the ground. And, um, you know, with the injured target in Adam Humphreys and the secondaries, as one less connection to worry about there in terms of the Titans' offence. So I think the Bears think they could have this one and he could take this one with a veteran like Nick Foles at QB. Uh, that being said, I've got Bears by five. I think it'll be a close, scrappy game, but I think I did, Bears will take it. I did read somewhere that Mitch Trubisky also injured his shoulder on the one play he played in the game. Uh, he did like a, a fake running play and injured his shoulder. <laughs> um, but yeah, Craig, are you starting to get crazy with me about the Bears? I wouldn't say I'm getting crazy with them about the Bears. I think it's a mix of, I think the Bears are better than I, I wouldn't say better than I anticipated, but their defence can keep them in games because that front seven is that good and it's proven that it's that good. But I think they're going up against a Titans team that has got a really bad secondary um, and they're going up against a Titans team whose, whose strength is going up against that strength of the, the Bears. Um, and I just don't think Derek Henry on his own is, is going to be enough. Yeah, Bears by three. Tim? I've got the Titans by six. I think this is one of those games you get at this point in the season where it's uh, you actually see who the teams are. So, are the, was the Bears good start a myth? Is the Titans tailing off? Is that a bit of a myth? This is going to be a good game, I think. Yeah, it's going to be proper, proper sort of pounding game, this one. I'm going to go for the Titans. I just think Derek Henry, even though he's already been hot this season, this is when he starts to warm up even more. And I think he's going to be able to do something. I know that 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 Bears defense is so strong, and that that front seven is is pretty mad. But I reckon he's going to uh, just be the freak that he is and get a load of yards and get the Titans the win. Titans by twelve. Oh, okay, fifty-fifty split. Let's see how that rocks up. Uh, next game, Joe. We've got Ravens at Colts. Yeah, so two five and two teams come together then. So the Ravens had a tough game last week coming against the league's top-ranked defense in the Steelers, and now they go and face the second-ranked defense in the Colts. Unfortunately, we talked about all the injuries earlier. Ronnie Stanley's out, uh, meaning their offensive line is obviously depleted, which is not good when you come up against a good defense. You want to just have your, your team fit as you can and just being able to do do your game plan. Last week was really disappointing for the Ravens in the end. They threw away a, a 17-7 halftime lead, threw away is well, quite literal in a Lamar Jackson's case. The Ravens ran for 265 rushing yards and still lost, which is, which is pretty crazy and unheard of. However, their defense... Was, was solid, which, which is always a positive. However, as we mentioned, they're without Marlon Humphrey this weekend as he tested positive for Corona. 
The Colts, they come in off a really impressive 41-21 40, win against the Lions. Their defense was solid as well, allowing just over 300 yards in total offense. Jonathan Taylor, weather is still struggling. Uh, it's, he only had 11 carries for 22 yards last weekend, and it is quite worrying when you see a rookie come into the league. I've got him in my fantasies, and he wasn't too bad at the beginning, but he's really starting to struggle now, and the Colts may have to think differently when it comes to him. With this, Lamar needs to have a bounce-back game. I'm confident he will. Uh, Ravens just need to keep to their rushing game and just do what they do best and just wear down the the Colts' defence and have time on the ball and just take all that possession away. I'm confident the Ravens are going to do it and I have got the Ravens to win this one by four. Mm. Craig, how have you got your Ravens doing? Uh, I've got Ravens taking this one by eight. I think that defence is tough, but I think that Colts' offence struggles at best and I think going up against that defence, even if they are short-handed, they're going to struggle. Joe's nearly made, put, pushed me towards the Colts. But yeah, Craig's just kind of gone, yeah, the offense is crap and I've realized they've not got many receivers left. Uh, so I'm going to stick with the Ravens by seven. Yep, yeah, I've got the Ravens by six. Um, next game, Tim, we've got Panthers at Chiefs. Panthers at the Chiefs. So the Panthers are three and five and the Chiefs are seven and one. Chiefs beat up on the hapless Jets uh, last week, completely relying on the pass game. The Chiefs only had 50 yards rushing, but that was uh, by design. Mahomes threw for 416 yards and five touchdowns without breaking a sweat. Even the punter, Tommy Townsend, completed a pass on a fake punt. Come on, it's the Jets. Why are you torturing them by doing a fake punt, for God's sake? Uh, the Panthers lost the Falcons last week, 25-17 in a game they should have won. Uh, Atlanta led in the fourth quarter, and we know how that's gone this season. Uh, There's a good quote from SB Nation. It said that they've got an offensive line that couldn't block people on Twitter. Um, Teddy B survived a couple of nasty-looking hits. So the Chiefs go into the game uh, quite healthy with a practice game against the Jets behind them. Uh, Panthers could have McCaffrey back, and they need him. Like I say, that offensive line's pretty bad, and McCaffrey's actually an underrated pass blocker, which the Panthers actually need. But Chiefs will be too strong. I've got the Chiefs by 12. Hey, Joe? Yeah, yeah. I only got the Chiefs winning this one. Got the Chiefs winning by seven. Uh, I think to begin with, I think it could be a bit of a... I think the Panthers will have a go at them, definitely. But ultimately, I've got the Chiefs taking a win here by um, 14. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Same. Chiefs by 14. Next game is mine. Lions at Vikings. So a nice little NFC North matchup here. Um, Vikings came off a really big game. Uh, Dalvin Cook had four touchdowns. Uh, and over 200 yards uh, in scrimmage. So um, that's what the Vikings needed. Uh, they had just seemed a bit lifeless and wet, uh, but this really kind of puts an identity on them. Kirk Cousins doesn't need to be amazing. They just need to channel it through Dalvin Cook. Um, Stafford's gone on the COVID list. Uh, if he plays this Sunday, like Tim said, he's going to have had no practice uh, against a, a coach that you... I mean, the, you, you can never count the Vikings out. Um, they're, they're not the best right now, but as, as they have just put it to the Packers. So um, it should be a close game if Stafford plays. 
Um, if the Vikings are playing a, a, I don't even know who their backup is. Last year it was Blau, um, and they struggled. The Lions receiving is unbelievable. Um, Kenny Galladay's kind of putting himself up there as one of the, the top receivers in the league. Uh, and Marvin Jones, her senior or junior, um, is just a great wide receiver too. Um, DeAndre Swift has ramped up throughout the season. Um, he started looking really good and consistent throughout his past two games. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's going to come down to it, if Stafford uh, can keep the, the, the team in this. But with, without training, uh, I, I don't think they do. So I'm, I'm going to have the Vikings taking this one by six. Tim? Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I've got the Vikings by four. I'm, I'm torn on this one. Uh, however, I think Dalvin Cook being Dalvin Cook means that the Vikings are going to win by three. Yeah, this was a game that, I don't know, I was I struggled with to begin with. It's one I quite like the look of to begin with. I hope Stafford does play. Um, but I think with Dalvin Cook back, I've got Vikings taking this one by three. I'm changing. Sorry, I'm going to Lions. I, just, I was just thinking about it and nah, i got to back my Lions. My Lions, I don't own them. You haven't been backing them a lot this year. It's kind of like me with the Falcons. You've sort of taken. I've noticed you've taken a liking to them. Lions by four. Go on. It is then. something I could. If if Stafford can play well, he'll he'll dominate them though with that receivers. Yeah, Galladay's great, and I've noticed that that uh, TJ Hawkinson, like I rate him quite highly. He seems to be like quite a, oh, yeah, a reliable came, pair of hands for them, especially in the draft. end zone. He came out the draft as one of the highest rated tight ends in a while. Yeah, like he seems to be someone who's quite quite reliable, especially in the end zone, and he's someone who I think Stafford trusts. He's just a big body who he knows he can he can get the ball to, and he's got some hands. I'm flipping as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm, come I'm on, gonna, Adam. Gonna go come from a, a clean sweep to a fifty-fifty. Tim, I'm I'm sticking to my guns. Maybe I'm taking I'm the Lions by four with Joe. Come on, you Lions. After seeing that Packers game and like sort of how they turned up against that Packers team, considering what they've been able to do this year, um, I've got a bit more faith in them than I do the Lions. Lions are bit, they're both two teams that are quite unpredictable, and it's, I think it was one of the things that drew me to this game. Both teams are a bit of an enigma. You never really know what you're going to get week to week with them. Like which kind of team's going to turn up? Should be interesting. Um, speaking of uh, your favourite team, Craig, you've got the Broncos going to the Falcons. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if I'd say favourite team, like you know what I mean. But uh, yeah, it's definitely someone I, I guess I've, ju- I've jumped on the roller coaster for this season with Falcons fans. Um, both franchises, uh, they're both looking like they're in a in a rebuild mode at the minute. Uh, both with quarterback questions. I think the Falcons more so. Um, Matt Ryan, former league MVP, but it looks it's looking like more and more he could be traded this off season. Um, if the Falcons you know, to get a pick high enough up in the, in the next draft next year for a, a top QB prospect, I think he'll go. Um, second year, Drew Locke, he still hasn't really shown if he's the, the long-term answer there in Denver. I know some Broncos fans seem to think so, but I know I'm not convinced and there's a lot out there that still aren't convinced. It looks like they're still looking for someone to take over from Peyton. Um, Denver, they got they got one of the most unlikely, well, one of the more unlikely wins. Um Last weekend, with the 31 to 30 win over the Chargers, Broncos went down 24 to three, more than halfway through the third quarter. But they um, they won it on on a lock to KJ Hammer one yard touchdown pass. Um, you know it was the rookie's first career TD as well, so it was quite quite an important TD for your first TD. Um, with no time remaining, and then they got the the points after anyway. So um, Lock had one of the better games of his career. Um, 
he threw for 248 yards and he got three touchdowns on the night. And, he, you know, he had, considering he'd had awful three quarters before that, he had a pretty good fourth quarter just, just on its own. Um, you know, the Broncos, they're without wide receiver Tim Patrick and they're also without their defensive coordinator because of COVID, which could be interesting. Um, cornerback AJ Bue and tight end um, Vanette are both um, both questionable at the moment with injuries. In terms of the Falcons, Falcons, they defeated the Panthers like we were talking about last Thursday night, 25-17. to 17, And they go to 2-1 to, to, to now under um, Raheem Morris, who seems to be making a claim to earn that full-time job. Ryan threw for 281 yards with a pick and had a fairly rare rushing score. Julio Jones caught seven passes for 137 yards. It was Jones' 58 career, 100-yard receiving game, most in the NFL since his debut in 2011. And he's one game shy of tying Marvin Harrison's record um, for third most in NFL history. So congratulations to Julio Jones. Injury-wise, Falcons lost starting receiver um, Calvin Ridley, um, someone I rate quite highly, someone who I know he's been doing so much for them. You know, It's too early to see on his status at the moment, but he was having a monster season. 43 catches, 657 yards and six touchdowns, which ranks fifth out of all receivers in the NFL. So fair play to the guy. Um, I think with this game, I think there's there's three things. I think if but you know I've got Falcons down as the favourites. I think if the Broncos are going to take this, it's it's down to three points. It's can they ride the momentum of last week? Obviously, that was a quite a spectacular win to come back the way they did. Um, a win against the Falcons will put the Broncos back at 500 for the first time since week 13 in 2018. So it's been quite a while since this team has been on a winning record or at least close to it, um, and it puts them right in the middle of that AFC wildcard hunt. Um, whereas a loss would pretty much erase all of the, the progress they've made um, and it makes their playoff sort of hopes look a little bit bleaker. Um, I think the second one is the turnover battle. Um, while Bryce Callahan's second half interception against the Chargers kept Denver in the game um, and helped set up a week eight comeback, the Broncos' ability to generate turnovers and, and takeaways has just been lacking overall all season. They're tied 30th with a minus seven turnover margin, so it's not great from that defence, which I know some people were a bit high on coming into this season. And they're tied 30th with 11 interceptions thrown, and they ranked 23rd with only eight takeaways. So the Falcons, on the other hand, they're tied 10th and got a plus two turnover margin. So that defence, which we already know isn't great, apparently statistically is better than this Broncos one. So um, explain that one to me. Um, and I think the fair point is whether they can stop Todd Gurley. Um, the running back, you know, he's, he's it's weird. He's sort of gone under the radar a little bit this season, but he's on 531 rushing yards and he's only had 100, like one 100-yard rushing game this season. So he's, he's running well for them. He's just not putting up them sort of drastically flashy numbers each week, but he's being consistent for them week to week. And I think if they can stop him, it stops that offense being two-dimensional, which is where the, the big threat is, because then you've got them receivers and, and Ryan buys Ryan time, I think, to sort of just float, float the ball around a bit more. So if they can stop Gailey, it puts a lot more pressure on that offense. Um, I think Denver needs another big game here, but I've got the Falcons taking it by seven. Yeah, uh, I know if you're a big Calvin Ridley fan, there's a, a lot of downloads uh, signed jersey on his is on there. So take check that out if um, yeah you want to enter the raffle. Uh, but yeah, like you said, Craig, uh, they if they can stay three dimensional, they probably will stick this to the Broncos. Um, so I'm going to take the Falcons by nine. 
<laughs> uh, talking about Todd Gurley, I'm one of the people that thought he was what he was done, but so it's good to see him playing well. So I think the Falcons are going to win by six. Yeah, you know the Falcons' defense obviously isn't great, but Drew Locke, I just don't rate him enough to be able to take advantage of that. So I've got the Falcons to win this one, and I've got them to win by ten. It surprised me to see him. To see the Broncos' defense statistically much worse than the Falcons' defense, um, and I knew I knew it wasn't great, but I didn't know it was that bad. Like, yeah, they're missing like Von Miller and stuff, aren't they? Yeah, yeah I guess. And, and, they, and you said they've lost their defensive coordinator for the week. Yeah, because of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, Joe, you've got maybe a slightly more interesting game: Seahawks at Bills. Yeah. So Seahawks Bills. So these are two teams that, well, have you know, you look at the win record and they've you know they've had a good season so far, especially the Seahawks here. So they're two teams coming in uh, after winning divisional games. The Seahawks comfortably beat the 49ers, where the Bills just scraped out the Patriots. The Seahawks passing game is just on another level right now. Lockett and Metcalf both have seven touchdowns each in the season, and they just don't look like slowing down anytime soon. DK Metcalf have two in his last game and he's just he, it's it's weird he's, he's not I want to say he's blossoming in but he isn't he's just hit the ground running and he's just improving and he's just such a monster and such a athletic beast that you just can't see many people stopping him at all the the bills on the other hand they're they are just slowly deteriorating I feel like I'd speak about this every week but they just seem to be getting worse and worse as it goes on. Josh Allen was really ineffective against the Pats. He had 143 yards and one interception, no touchdowns. So he's not doing what he was doing at the beginning of the season. The Bills' defense as well, it's showing no signs of improvement. Cam Newton had a decent running game and Damian Harris just ran all over them last week. A few weeks ago, this would have been a bit of a shootout Um but with the Bills going the other way, it, there's only really one good outfit in this matchup for me, and that's the Seattle offense. And I think that's just going to be such a, a difference maker in this that I can only see it going one way, and I've got the Seahawks to win by nine. Craig? Uh, yeah, I've got Seahawks by 10. Um, I think that Seahawks offense is something else, and I think that defense is quite feisty. Um, I see them taking this one. Yeah, I think... The Bills are going to have a game, whether that's this week or next week or the week after, where they, they, they hit it again. They find, they find it, the spark. But I don't think the game is when you've got Russell Wilson throwing to DK Metcalf and Talon Lockett for five million yards. Uh, so I'll take the Seahawks by 14. Exactly the same as what Adam just said. That the Bills will bounce back this week, but the Seahawks are just too good for them on offense. So Seahawks by three. Okay, next game. Uh, Tim, you've got the Raiders going to Los Angeles. I have indeed. So, the Raiders went into Cleveland last week and came away with a valuable win. Uh, could be really important down the road for the wildcard spot. Um, the Raiders' game plan worked a treat. It was a horrible day of weather. Um, they controlled the ball well, kept the Browns off the field, and played just enough defense. Uh, the Raiders had the ball... Uh, 40 minutes compared to 20 minutes for the Browns. Uh, it's really nice to see Raiders coaches actually adapting to the conditions and changing the game plan, which was superb. Um, 
Josh Jacobs had his best game of the season. He had 129 yards. And even Derek Carr got in on the act. He ran for 41 yards. He had a 6.8-yard average run. Uh, but I do wish he'd learned to hold on to the bloody ball. Um, my man, Henry Ruggs III, he had a legitimate touchdown call back. He had two feet in, perfect catch. And he would have had a nice touchdown there. Uh, on the stat sheet, Henry Ruggs only had two catches for eight yards. But he could have done a lot better. Still not losing faith. Chargers, on the other hand, they threw the game away, as has already been mentioned, against the Broncos, losing 31-30. Um, I didn't even get the point where they led 24-3 in the third quarter. I thought it was over. I said to Adam, I thought Drew Locke was playing terribly and he had no chance. Uh, so they're starting to make a habit of throwing these games away. For some reason, the Chargers are favoured with the Bookies in this one. Not quite sure why. It's a big rivalry game, and it's the first game without our nemesis, Phil Rivers. So it's going to be interesting. Um, Herbert obviously has looked good. Still makes some silly mistakes. He had two interceptions against the Broncos, but they've still got a strong D. Uh, Raiders, on the other hand, playing well on offense, starting to improve the defense. They're starting to play players in the right position, which really helps, strangely. But I've got the Raiders winning a good game by three. God, this game is just. I, I, I think you, you've got. I, I may just, maybe just don't watch enough Raiders games and watch maybe a bit too much Justin Herbert. But this game's going to be down to the wire, I think. And I, I think it's just going to come down to some 50 50 ball. It's going to get intercepted and one team will win. Um, I, I just, I kind of want to think the hope. I don't know. I'm just going to go Chargers by two. Sorry, Tim. No problem. Yeah, I think the Chargers do look a lot better than I think people anticipated. I don't think um, Tyrell Taylor's going to get his job back, put it that way. Um, saying that, I think the Raiders are the better team of the two teams. I've got a bit more faith in them than I do the Chargers. Um, I think the Chargers are still a little bit green, especially on offense. So I've got I've got Raiders by four. Yeah, I think the Raiders are one of these teams that are growing quite exponentially week by week and they're getting more solid and they're just... It's a really exciting team. Uh, I've got the Raiders to win this by eight. I feel bad now, but I've got to stick with my cup. Talking of rugs, before we move on, Tim, how's your, um, <clears throat> your wide receiver rookie sort of thing going? I know you've been tracking them week to week. How are they looking at the moment? It's very close. It's there's no bad wide receivers out of that class. The top three are all doing okay. C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, Ruggs had a couple of games off injured, so he's not doing as well. Obviously, you've got Chase Claypool and um, Jefferson at, at the top of the list at the moment. So it, it's turning into what everyone said it was going to be. It's been, it was a great wide receiver class. Yeah, they seem to put up, uh, to put up similar in. numbers each week, don't they? Yep. Yeah, Jalen Rago's been injured and he's just come back and he's already had a good game. So yeah. he's he's in that class as well. Um also Denzel Mims for the Jets actually had a he broke records for the Jets game for this season. It was like 82 yards or something. But um the fact that he's getting some sort of production out of the Jets shows he's got some uh, capabilities. Um moving on to a rookie quarterback, I've got the Dolphins at Cardinals. Um this I th- I think Joe was annoyed I took this game first because it's going to be just a really fun game to watch. You get to see Kyler Murray in his high-powered air raid offense against Tua Tangavailoa, who's obviously the new and shiny uh, gift that the uh, the the league's just unwrapped. Um, 
the cards are coming off a bye week. So it's always nice to, when you've had that, that weekend off and you're, you're a little bit healthier, a little bit more prepared. Um, obviously had that really big win over the Seahawks. Um, so have, will they have lost that momentum going forward or will they still be riding that wave? Um, Kenyon Drake's out, um, I believe, with an ankle issue, but Chase Edmonds um, fills valiantly and is a, a wide as a running back too. Um, he has had better games than Kenyon Drake this season already, so um, nothing that uh, the Cardinals should be worried about. Dolphins' defense is really kind of um, uh, beating expectations, and I put, say they're a top five defense. Uh, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones are just so solid in the backfield and their defensive line's been um, performing better than expected. Um, Jared Goff had five, uh, sorry, four turnovers against them and Jared Goff had, had been playing well this season. He'd been keeping the Rams in games uh, and he completely fell apart against the Dolphins and uh, had his worst game. Um, Tua didn't have a good game. The the Dolphins won based off the defense and special teams. It wasn't Tua got a touchdown, but uh, he wasn't the driving force behind that victory. Um, the Cardinals' strength of their defense is in the secondary with Buda Baker and Patrick Peterson. Their front seven's a lot weaker since uh, Chandler Jones went out for the season. So hopefully this gives Tua a bit more time to flex his muscles and not have to worry about constant pressure. And whilst he's still going to be playing against a great secondary, uh, I think Tua's going to have a better game and he's going to be able to show his uh, kind of flair when he's not against an Aaron Donald figure and Jalen Ramsey. Um, so yeah, main matchup is going to be um, Kyler Murray thrown against that Dolphins fantastic secondary and Tua thrown against a, a pretty good secondary for the Cardinals as well. Um, overall, I'm, I'm going to have the Cardinals taking this game by nine. Uh, but yeah, a, a really good game that we should be looking out for. Tim? I've got the Cardinals by seven. Joe? I really like the Cardinals in this, but I don't know, the Dolphins, there seems to be something going on going on there and a bit of momentum going their way. Uh, and if that secondary plays as well as it did last week, they could do something here. So I've got the Dolphins to win by three. You like your dolphins, uh, Craig. <laughs> um, I, don't I like the dolphins myself, mate. I feel like I could make a case for both of these teams, um, but I think the Cardinals, you know, two very still pretty green. Um, got a bit of beginner's luck last week. Um, I think I'm, I'm going to err on the side of caution and, and back the Cardinals here. Looking forward to this one. Uh, on the opposite side, we've maybe got one of the most unfair matchups this season. Uh, you've got the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers with the best defense in the game going against the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, there's not too much to really say about this game. I think if you follow the game even loosely, you know sort of how this is going to go. Uh, so you've got the last undefeated team in the league against possibly the worst team in football. You know, I know the Jets are pretty rubbish, but the Cowboys are definitely down there at the moment. As... I mentioned earlier, Steelers, they weren't necessarily the best team in Baltimore last week, but, you know, they got the job done and that's what good teams do. Their defense is still very scarily good, picking up another two interceptions and two fumble takeaway against the Ravens. And Big Ben is playing some of his best football that he's played in the last few years. So 
it's great for the Steelers. They're looking solid and looking pretty much unstoppable. Then you have the Cowboys. I mean, the Eagles last week, the Eagles were poor, like really poor, and the Cowboys still lost 23-9. You know, when Carson Wentz gives you the ball four times out of pity, you have to put more points on the board <laughs> than nine. Like, that it hurts. <laughs> it, but, you know, it's true, though. Like, he, he gives you the ball four times and you score nine points. Like, come on, like. Just forfeit the game. Don't bother if that's how you're going to play. I, f- I feel bad for Ben DiNucci. Like, he's, what, what can you do in a team like that? It's just, just There's not much going for the Cowboys. Like, if you're a Cowboys fan, you're just sitting there just almost not, not hoping you lose. I think Cowboys fans have too much pride for that. But you're looking at the draft and you're looking at next year and you're hoping that comes back well. Anyway, the Steelers are going to just pile through and I can see them easing off in the third, maybe second quarter. I've got the Steelers to win by 17. I, 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 maybe they ease off on the offense, but I hope they just go wild on defense. Um, I've got the Steelers taking this by 28. I've gone pretty similar. I've gone Steelers by 21. I'm just, I'm curious how many quarterbacks they're going to go through this season, the Cowboys. Um, they're going to end up with Phil from meeting fish down in local Tesco or something, playing quarterback by the end of the season. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, yeah, I, I can't see many people watching this game, to be honest, um, and see it be a, a bit, a bit of a whooping. I've got Steelers by 14. Tony Romo's commentating on this one, so you never know. We might see him on the field at some point. <laughs> Get him down from the booth. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ju- um, sorry, Re- Re- uh, Craig, you've got the big Brady Breeze matchup, Bucks at Saints. You've got to call me Rex then. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I can hear fireworks and it's confusing me. Uh, yeah, okay, so the the final outcome for the season might be a little bit of a while away, but I can promise you that, you know, I feel like I say this every week, but I promise you this week, I mean it. Um, whoever wins this game, it will have big ramifications at the end of the season. Um, five and two Saints, they're going up against the six and two Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, and it it looks like, you know, that fierce race that's going on at the moment in the NFC South, I think this is going to be one of those games that's going to decide it. If the Bucks win, they'll have a one-and-a-half game lead in the division and it'll mean the Saints' week one victory and that head-to-head tiebreaker will be evenly split. If the Saints win, then, you know, it, it, they will um, they'll not only have a half a game lead in the division, but they will have that important um, that important tiebreaker head-to-head advantage where they've took the two of them there. Um, either team losing, it's you know they're going to have the work cut out for them then for the rest of the season in terms of making up that deficit. Uh, in addition, after the Bucks and Saints wrap up the season series on Sunday, they'll have to go against three division. Uh, they've got three division games left. Um, each scheduled to play the Falcons twice and the Panthers one more time. Um, Tampa Bay and the Saints, um, they've also got a couple of common teams remaining as opponents coming off as in the form of the Chiefs, Chiefs, the Chiefs, sorry, the Chiefs and the Vikings, not playing the Pats, they're playing the Chiefs, so I don't know why I'm saying the Chiefs, sorry Joe. Um, Breeze and the Saints in week one, well, Breeze went and looking comfortable um, when last time these two teams faced off, Brady making his Tampa, de- Tampa Bay debut, sorry, I can't talk, Um Breeze had a better stat line that night as well as um, by the end of the game. But 
Um, Brady has since quite grown by the looks of it, in my opinion, quite comfortable with that offense now um, from the way they've been going off recently. And he comes in looking on form. He's thrown 17 touchdown passes and just one interception in his last six games. So I think it could be quite... Yeah, um, I think this one, Brady's going in looking like he's the more sort of on-form QB rather than, than Breeze coming in because um, I know the Saints finished quite strongly last season other than that Vikings game. Um, it's not us. It's... It's also not often that a game could feature um, the breaking of the NFL's all-time record for career touchdown passes uh, more than once. So uh, Breeze began the season with that record, but Brady got rid of it and uh, took over with a six-touch, um, like you know, he leapfrogged that six-touchdown gap that was there at the beginning um, and took the top spot during the Bucks' Week Seven win against the Raiders. Sorry, Tim, um, but uh, Breeze briefly snatched it back last weekend before Brady's two scores on Monday night against the Giants. So currently. Uh, the way the scores are set out, I think Brady is one touchdown ahead, 561 to 560. So I think whoever wins this game will be be carrying that record by the end of it. And it's interesting to see two not only potentially Hall of Fame quarterbacks, I think they are going to be guaranteed Hall of Fame quarterbacks going up against each other, but to be setting a record week to week in this like sort of race to the finish line and who can get that all-time touchdown record is... Um, it's great to watch. Makes good makes good television. Um, Buccaneers have won six of the last seven since their opening loss in the Superdome, including the last three um, the last three in a row. Saints actually bring a longer winning streak in this game. Um, they've won four of their, um, after their two game dip in December. Both teams are coming off a very narrow road win against interdivision um, teams. Saints had to go into overtime to beat the Bears 26 to 23 on Sunday, while the Bucks had to break up um, a two point conversion attempt to keep their 25 to 23 decision over the Giants. That was a pretty, pretty close game. Um, though Brady and Breeze look likely to steal the spotlight uh, for this game, the potentially more important issue for both teams, in my opinion, is whether their skill position weapons are going to be there to be around them. So Breeze should get his top target back after the six-game absence in, in Michael Thomas, after the hamstring injury and, and some other issues. Um, the Saints number two wide receiver as well, Manuel Sanders, looks like he also has a good chance of coming off the injured reserve COVID list. Um while the Bucks on the other side, well, they've got Antonio Brown hitting the field for the first time. So that could be interesting. Um, looking at his stats, I think Brown averaged 114 catches over 1,500 yards and 11 touchdowns from 2013 to 18. So, you know, obviously people know how good he is, whether he can still put up that kind of numbers. It's going to be interesting to, to see whether he goes off game one or not. Brady also has the advantage of Mike Evans, who looks like he's, he's close to making a full recovery for this week after a... a, a after a week four ankle injury and the possibility of Chris Godwin returning after missing a week because he's fractured his finger. Um, Tampa Bay, well, they're undefeated so far at home um, this season. And, you know, it's the first time since 2008 since the team has managed to, to win in uh, each of its first three home games. And they're going to want to protect that home field advantage even in a season where the pandemic has made the, the big, loud, um, you know, sort of crowds, sort of non-existent. They're still, they're still going to want to keep that advantage. Meanwhile, the Saints, they're going to try and remind the the NFC South rivals that they they rule this division. Um, they've took three straight NFC South titles now, um, and I think Brady's looking to to take that away from them. Um, I've got Bucks in this one by seven. I think they're the the hotter team rolling in, and that defense I think can can stop Kamara. Yeah, this is going to be a fun game just for the, not only for the the division ramifications, but for their records. 
in the annals of history of the NFL. Kind of, I think they're they're within one touchdown of each other on the all time NFL touchdowns. So they'll literally yeah. be competing for that. Um, but yeah, I've got the Bucks winning that by ten. Yeah, I've got the Bucks by seven. Yeah, Bucks here too. Bucks by three. And finally, we have the AFC East matchup: Patriots at Jets. Monday night football game. We're all going to stay up and watch the two and five Pats at their zero and eight Jets. Um, Pats lost twenty four twenty one, as we already said, in a game they were in position to win. Uh, Cam fumbled on a drive that could have won the game for them. Pats were competitive in this game. Uh, all the wild wide receivers in the game were undrafted. Uh, it was pretty impressive what they did with what they had to be honest here um as i said before jets got hammered by the chiefs 35-9 nothing's going right for the jets and when will adam gase be fired because nothing's going right until they get rid of him jets do have some talented players on the roster quinn williams is having a good decent season and sam Darnold could still be a decent nfl quarterback as long as he gets away from adam gase um not a lot else to say about this game um Pats showed heart last week, so I think they'll win this one quite handily. So I got the Pats by 10. Yeah, I reckon we've got this one as well. It's weird to even think that there's a chance we could lose to the Jets, but it's quite worrying <laughs> to feel that. But I've got the Pats to win by six. Yeah, if there's a if there's a game the Jets win, I think this is the game. The home game against the Patriots. But yeah, it's, it's the Jets, so Pats by four. I don't know. I was very tempted to pick them. I was thinking, surely this team Go can't. On. I was Go thinking, on. surely this team can't go winless. And if there's one team in a schedule that's got a shot of beating, it's the Patriots having an off day. Um, but I, I, I can't bring myself to do it. I can't, I can't do it. I've gone Patriots by ten. Yes, it's, it seems like the the one time they could. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Anyway. Uh, so let us know. Oh, so we've got our bold predictions, haven't we? Uh, let's go straight into them. Tim, do you want to kick us off? My bold prediction this week, Henry Ruggs will have the best game of his uh, career so far. He'll have 100 yards receiving, 100 yards plus receiving. Okay, uh, Craig. Uh, yeah, so I know the Steelers have been running a little bit of a committee backfield at the moment, um, and I know this week they're going up against a slightly softer defence, but I think James Conner's going to go off. Um, I think he's going to have over 100 yards. Okay. I'll tell you what I did notice about that Cowboys game. Demarcus Lawrence hasn't quit. Um, saying that, I've got the Steelers matching the single-game sack record <laughs> of 12 or making the new one. Oh, oh. If there's a time, if there's a time, surely. <laughs> Gucci Danucci. Gucci. <laughs> uh, my bold prediction, I've got similar sort of uh, vibes to Tim. I've got Tyler Lockett to get over 130 receiving yards. Okay. Let's, let's see how they go. Um, we've love, got the Eagles on the bye, so I'm very pleased going into this weekend. Get a nice non-heart palpitation free uh, weekend um, so let us know how you think we've done on the scoreboard are the Jets finally going to win their game I know we've got one avid Jets follower um, do you want to let us know how people can get in touch with us Joe so our Twitter and Facebook 
No, wrong one. Twitter and Instagram is at TAFS underscore UK. And our Facebook is That American Football Show. Just type it in and we will pop up there for you. And Tim, how can people get to us on our website? Websites, thatamericanfootballshow.com. Please do remember, we're just, if, if you like to talk or write about football, and um, we are happy to put your whatever up, your uh, review, your article, uh, absolutely free. Just, just get in touch with us. Um, we've got a particularly exciting Lockdown Lids Pick of the Week this week, Craig. Yeah, so this one I'm quite a big fan of. Um, we have got a Russell Wilson full-size authentic Seahawks helmet. Um, it is, it's quite a beautiful helmet. Um, it goes up live tonight, I believe. Um, tickets for this will sell out fast. I'm telling you that now. If anything from last week sort of showed you with the with the two of Jersey, it went out in, in I think it was about 10 minutes. Um, this one, I, I can see this selling out quite quickly. Um, Russell Wilson, you know, big, big name player like that. Um, Seahawks, big popular team like that. It's it's something that I think every collector would want in in their collection, or any any avid sports fan, NFL fan would want on their shelf. So yeah, head over to Lockdown Lids, get involved. They got the Russell Wilson Taft pick of the week up there, as well as a, f- a few other good um, items at the moment. Do make sure you keep with us on our social medias because we always do announce um, what's going on there whilst it's going on. Uh, and you can find all that website and stuff on our website. And you can also get merch there. And um, don't forget about our friends at EP Sports. If you do, if you're looking to start playing the game, um, you can get all the kit you need there. Or if you're just a fan and you want to get some of your merch, um, any shout outs this week, boys? Actually, you're talking at EP. Since it's the winter time and it's getting a little bit chilly, I know it is by me at the moment. So I've been eyeing them up. Um, as well as our own merch, EP are selling the new NFL bobble hats. Um, some of them I quite like. They're quite nice for the ones for this season. So if you if it's getting a little bit nippy where you are and you're thinking of buying yourself a cute little bobble, get over there and get one. Wreck yep, your team, wreck your colours. Already ordered my Raiders one from EP. Yeah. They don't fit my head. Raiders merch is always beautiful, mate. It's always beautiful. Like it's just that colour scheme just looks just looks clean on like regardless of what kind of design they, they come up with every year it's always one of the best yeah anyway that's it from us this week um, please do stay safe out there uh, enjoy football and we'll see you next week that's Wednesday Yep, so our tits... Uh, <laughs> no, for God's sake, mate. Let me do that our one tits. again. <laughs> I think you've got a fair bit of, fair bit of editing tonight, Joe. Yeah, it depends which one you want. Uh...